what if there were a fountain of youth pill that could add decades to your life? Would you take it? Unlocking the Fountain is a podcast about the mysteries of aging and the scientific quest to slow, stop, or even reverse it. When do you think we're going to have the first 150-year-old? I think that person's already alive. Unlocking the Fountain. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. It's just heart-wrenching. Like, you know, it, it does bring back a lot of emotions and, and the anxiety of, oh my God, is there anyone hurt? Is there, you know, is there anything I can do? Like, from little Saskatchewan, right? That's Sherry Nimagears. She's been watching the news this week. Two provinces away in British Columbia, transfixed. The images of highways swallowed by mudslides. They are hard for her to see. Not just because of the destruction and her fear for the people caught in it, but because of the memories. Three years ago, Sherry and her boyfriend, Gabe Rosescu, were on vacation. It was a Thursday, late May. They were driving along a highway in B.C. when their car was hit by a wall of mud. What we didn't see coming was that tree standing upright, moving across the highway. We couldn't comprehend the magnitude of what was happening. The road was... uh, was already taken over by the mudslide. I'm AC Rowe, and this is The Dock Project. In the wake of the massive downpour last week, landslides cut across highways in southern BC, sending multiple cars careening downhill. One woman died. Officials fear there may be more. Chelsea Hughes was caught in last week's mudslide. She told her story to Carol Off earlier this week on As It Happens. You were driving along Highway 7. At what point did you realize things were going to get ugly? I mean, with all the road closures, I was on my way home from the Okanagan. uh, And about an hour outside of Hope, when I saw out of the top right corner of my eye, a little ways up the mountain, um, a tree starting to fall. And um, I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I barely had time to really process it. And my car was just hit from the right side with a, a wall of mud and trees and um, just, just the land coming down and, and pushed us out with it. And and we slid and tumbled um, for maybe about a kilometer. And, and then I realized we'd stop moving. Wow. And so do you play this in your head, the moment when that mudslide slammed into you? Yeah, I um I can hear hear the sound of it hitting my car. I can hear the the roar of being pushed through and um and I think I was screaming, but I don't really remember. I must have been. Do you remember the moment when the car and the slide finally stopped? Yeah, I remember that moment very clearly. I was holding my steering wheel both hands. I took a deep breath and I I realized I heard people behind me screaming. Um, At first, I thought that they were help. So I was calling out and trying to get their attention uh, and honking my horn. And then I heard them trying to call 911. And then I realized that they were in the exact same situation that I was in. That is Chelsea Hughes speaking to Carol Off on As It Happens this past Wednesday. Chelsea was caught in the Highway 7 mudslide earlier this week. Sherry Nimagears heard Chelsea's story when it aired. And she couldn't believe it. She couldn't believe how familiar it was. The accident was almost identical. 
to ours, right? Did you see that? I reached out to her. I haven't heard from her. I did message her myself and just said, you know what? Holy smokes, this hit hard. I'm so sorry you went through that. I'm glad that you're okay, you know, and it's just, it cuts deep. We can relate so much and we, we feel so bad for all those people that are affected by all this. Hearing Chelsea's story, hearing all the stories from BC this week, has left Sherry and Gabe with a question. Or maybe it's more of a need. For me, it's how can I help? And what I can offer is, you know, just my thoughts and and, um, what we went through and how we got through it. This is the story of surviving a mudslide. Sherry and Gabe told their story to Doc Project producer Kristen Nelson earlier this week. And now... They're going to tell it to you. Hello, my name is Sherry Nimigers. I'm from Weyburn. Uh, I've got three kids, a dog, Howie, and I don't know what else to say. I'm terrible at this. Hi, my name is Gabe Resescu, and I'm, uh, I'm from Regina, uh, Saskatchewan. I've got four kids, age 26 to 17. Uh, I've got, you know, two cats, uh, originally Born in Romania, I immigrated to Canada when I was four years old. We met on Plenty of Fish four years ago, actually, yesterday. We uh, were together for six months when the accident happened. And it was actually to the day, six months to the day. You know, you meet people for a reason. I, I genuinely believe that, and I know Sherry does too. And so, you know, that you know, Sherry came into my life, I came into her life. There's, there's a reason why we're still together even, you know, today. Uh, very active lives. We both enjoy sports. Uh, we're very involved in our kids. Um, we have a lot in common. Um, so, you know, prior to the accident, we were super excited of, you know, going on this first trip. Gabe's good friends, Lanny, Lanny and Sherry, they live in Nelson, BC, and we were heading out to see them. Their May long weekend is way nicer than our May long weekend. So we were we were getting out of the Saskatchewan windy, possibly snowy weekend, leaving on a Thursday early morning. And the, actually the last pictures that we had together was at Frank's slide, ironically enough. Um, and we had noticed there's a little little creek or river that runs alongside the gas st- stop that we went to stop at and buy our lottery ticket like we always do. And I noticed that the water that was running through it, it's not its not even a foot deep, but that day it was like raging. And I had mentioned to Gabe that holy mother nature is sure cranky today. You know, and the water was raging and she said that. And well, for me, it was just like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, the water is raging, actually crazy, okay. You don't think anything of it, so you just keep driving. So sure enough, you know, we're 18 kilometers west of Creston and uh, yeah, um, you know, see a tree sliding across the highway. Just to give you an idea of the terrain, this is a, a single lane highway. On the right-hand side of our vehicle, as we're heading westbound, is all mountainous, so massive mountains. Uh, on the left-hand side is uh, cliffs. There, there's no shoulder. And then further down that is the railway track, and then right beside that is there's a river. What we didn't see coming was that tree standing upright, moving across the highway. We couldn't comprehend the magnitude of what was happening. The road was... Uh, was already given, you know, taken over by the mudslide and, and this tree crossing the road. And I, I didn't even hit the brakes. Like I was going 100 on cruise control and just instantly hit it. Both of us were like, holy shit, 
and all we seen was like this tree that was like visually coming across the highway and then bang, it was black. It hit on my side of the vehicle. It, it literally pushed us off the cliff. And then when I woke up, I woke up to him slumped over the steering wheel, the smell of mud. I looked out my window, it was straight down. And he was moaning. And I asked him, like, babes, are you okay? And when he lifted his head up, the left side of his head was open and hanging on his face. And it was like, oh my God, we need to get out of here. Really, my skull was crushed. Uh, my eye was squished. When I did lift my head off the steering wheel, that's when I felt this massive pain, and that's when I moaned, and I think that's what woke up Sherry. Yeah, I, I had no clue where we were, where we landed, and then the pain, my pain set in, right? And it was my chest. I didn't know if it was caved in or what, the instant pain in my chest, and then the realization on my foot pointing backwards. We needed somebody to come down and get us. There, there was no way that we were going to make it out of there with Sherry's sternum broken and her right foot pointing backwards. You got to think for both because Gabe wasn't really, he was conscious, but he didn't actually really know what was going on. He was in a lot of pain. I was in pain. So grabbed hold of the situation and tried to get us out of that because I didn't know how long, if the car would give away right? I didn't know if we were just hanging on because I knew it was straight down and how far down we were, I didn't know. You know, Sherry remembers seeing it was straight down outside of the passenger window. So she's like, we got to go some other way. I don't remember this conversation. She remembers that, those pieces and then I remember pieces. You know, I, I'm not too sure how we got out of the vehicle. Uh, it, it was pointing downwards and kind of slanted at an angle. So I don't know if we crawled out the windshield or if we crawled out the, which part of the vehicle we crawled out of. But I remember just stepping down once with my hands, like as I was crawling to go up the mountain to call for help. Um, as we crawled up, though, Sherry had to stop on a log to give herself an injection. I have Addison's disease, so I don't want to produce adrenaline. So the accident itself, like my Addison's would kill me before anything of the accident would. So I had administered my emergency kit for steroids that for somehow I found in the vehicle and took it with us or whatever. She doesn't give it as much credit as as I do because it, it's uh you, you're having to pull out a vial of steroids, liquid steroids, with a needle, and then try to inject that little piece of needle into the rubber piece that goes in and withdraw the liquid. Meanwhile, looking over at your boyfriend who's half his head's hanging and he's be bleeding profusely. So then she jabs her leg to give herself adrenaline because she basically would have died from her disease, let alone, you know, her injuries were bad, don't get me wrong, but her disease would have been what would have ended her life. So that's when she's like, okay, go call for help. Uh, and, and so I called out once, help, is what I remember. But Sherry, you know, remembers me calling out continuously for help. And then the next thing I remember is... We were calling, Gabe was calling for help because I couldn't, because of my chest, take a breath hardly, right? And all of a sudden people answered back. And it was Dan Anderson and Kyle Halloway. And there was two other guys on the Castlegar side, uh, Marty Bowes and Dave Bell. 
So Marty Bowes, uh, he's a 20-year volunteer firefighter. Who better to be at the scene than a 20-year volunteer firefighter? He's in his late 30s. He's well-built, um, you know, uh, a healthy man. All, all the men were all healthy. Like, we couldn't ask for better people there, right? But Marty Bowes, he, he, he said to me, he said, Gabe, I walked up to that mudslide and going, oh, geez, nobody's getting through here. You know, it's going to take a while for this to get cleaned up. And he said he walked, he, he, he walked back, started walking back to his vehicle which was close to 300 yards, he said. And then he, 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 he looked over at his partner, Dave, which business partner or colleagues, uh, and said, you know, maybe there's somebody down there. So that's when he turned around and started coming back. And that's when he heard the cry for help. Dan Anderson, he was taking pictures of the mudslide and he heard us and he went and got the guy behind uh, his car to pull him out and said, there's people down there, we need to go rescue them. And um, ironically enough, that's where the police, the fire trucks and the EMS all came to. But they, because the mudslide was so unsettled, it was uh, still kind of moving a little bit. They wouldn't come and help because they're like, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, that's too dangerous. So these two guys risked their lives to come down and help us. And Dan said after he was videotaping with his uh, phone and when he heard our cries for help, he put his phone in his pocket. So then he has some recordings of our voices when he got down to us. Hi, Gabe. Hi, Hi, Dad. Kyle. Hi, Kyle. Tuck your head underneath. Okay, Kyle. You could hear us and he was introducing himself and we were introducing ourselves, of course, in a lot of strain and pain. So I want you to go around my, go around my, put your arm around my neck, what's your name? Hi, Siri, I'm down. Okay. Okay, Okay, we're going to take it slow. Okay, just wait, just wait. Where's your vehicle? Keep your arm around my neck. So from there, uh, Gabe could walk. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'll just run up the mountain, right? Like, from the neck, from the chin down, he didn't have a scratch or anything on him. But me, I was bruised. And I don't know if it's because it hit me on my side. I was full of cuts. My left toe was actually just about severed off, too. And I don't know if that was from climbing out or, you know, like, it's just... So with me, they literally had to, like do the human chair lift because they couldn't lift me under my arms because of the pain or lift me under my legs because of the pain. Yeah. We'll have you out of here in two minutes because we're right there. Okay, put your arm around my neck. And uh, at some time they said the mud was up to their chest and these are tall men, like they're not short men and they would have to help each other, pull each other out. Hey guys, we need help. We need help, these people suck. You know, these guys, you know, these guys are six feet plus and they're pulling each other out just so that they can shimmy Sherry along a log because it was kind of like a like a train kind of situation like where you, you know, lift. OK, I got to get you out and then we'll shimmy Sherry. OK, now I got to get you out and then we'll shimmy Sherry. I got her. Yeah, I got her. Right. Like it was just a, such a team effort and and there was no. There was no thought about it. It's just like, this is what we're doing. We're going to do it. Let's go. Okay. Just stay with us. Okay, just take it. We're just about there. It's actually really gut-wrenching hearing hearing that. One more jump. Are you ready?
for me, uh, and I think I can speak for Sherry too in this situation, is that it, it, there, there was, you know, something, something, a higher being was there. Something made him turn around and come back. And without that, um, I don't think, you know, we'd have a chance to get out of there. Every time I tell the story, it, it just chokes me up. All, all, the, all the things that people did at that time, there, there was no thinking at all. These guys jumped into an active mudslide that could have killed them, but they didn't even think about that. They just jumped in. So, yeah, to this day, you know, we're good friends. <laughs> Once we got rescued up on the on the Castle Guard side, uh, Marty Bowes and Dave, they had a rental car, and they threw us in there. I was in the front seat, and they put Gabe in the back seat. Um, and then the, I think that's when the shock was setting in with Gabe because he started shaking and stuff. And I remember putting my arm back and holding his leg and telling him I love him and to hold on. And from out of nowhere, and we still to this day don't know, but these two women showed up with towels and rags and they were helping Gabe in the back seat that's why I think when the shock kind of kicked in and obviously cold or whatever um and that's when these ladies showed up and you know we even asked Marty and Dave for that matter uh he said you know where did these ladies come from um do you, he's like Gabe I went back and looked for them and and they were nowhere to be found like there's just and and there was a lineup of cars like it was you know, massive lineup of cars. So it's just like he went to every car looking for these ladies to say thanks, but they were nowhere to be found. So, you know, you could take it one way or the other. You could take it that they just got in their vehicle and flipped around and went, you know, the other way. Or you could take it as, yeah, these were angels. here. Coming up, surviving a mudslide doesn't end when you get off the mountain. That's next. Sit tight. Hi, I'm Caitlin Prest, and I am here in your ear to tell you about a very incredible new show called Asking For It. Asking For It is a darkly comedic series that follows a queer femme singer whose history of violence finds her no matter how many times she runs away. It has an original soundtrack, and it'll make you laugh, cry, and feel a little bit less alone. Asking for it. Subscribe now. Next thing I remember is being put on a stretcher, and Gabe was on a stretcher. There's two ambulances, and we kissed goodbye and hugged, and he went off in one ambulance, and I went off in another ambulance. And then from there, he doesn't remember, I don't remember, until I got to the hospital. I would just remember bits and pieces, uh, and one of them was I was airlifted. I remember sitting in an ambulance first and then them shocking my leg just to keep me awake, uh, just to make sure I'm responsive. So I, I remember them doing that, and I'd lift myself up off the stretcher, and I'd be like, what are you guys doing to my leg? And they're like, it's okay, Mr. Rosesky, we're just making sure you're responsive. And then I'd pass out, and then they would do it again, right? So I remember that, and then I remember, like, the big door opening, uh, like, like, straight out of, like, you know, Grey's Anatomy or, you know, ER, this, you know, and loud noise and bright light. So I think that was the chopper door opening up, right? You know, next thing I remember is waking up in the Kelowna Hospital with, you know, bandages up uh, on my head. 
Yeah, the extent of my injuries, I smashed my skull, squished my orbital bone, a zygomatic bone. Uh, my whole left side was crushed. And I had 33 staples that ran again from my right eye all the way to my left ear. And uh, it, it squished my eye and I lost the vision in my eye. My eye is still there. I can't, I'll never get the vision back from my eye. So I was, like I said, I was taken to trail and Gabe that night was taken to Kelowna. He was flown to Kelowna. And then from Kelowna, he had to be, they wouldn't touch because it was too much damage and it was beyond their capabilities of fixing. So they needed to send him to the best of the best neurosurgeons and whatnot. So he ended up having to go to Vancouver. Uh, Myself, I was in trail for 11 days, uh, healing and stuff. All my tendons, nerves muscle damage, bones broken, my toes are all dislocated. So I still have problems with my big toe on my my foot, right? I don't feel have, have much feeling left on it. It was, yeah, lots of pain. To this day, I still deal with the pain and the disability of my foot. And you know, how everything works out, the surgeon that was on that night, for some reason, and, and the orthopedic surgeon that I deal with today in Regina, he calls her a superwoman because he doesn't know how she put my foot back together. He's like, I wouldn't have been able to do that. Like, cause she had to sew together an artery or else they would have had to remove my foot because everything was just so messed up. You know, the, the, the damage that I have is obviously physical uh, damage and you could see that damage, but I don't live with any pain. I, I don't even get headaches. Um, I don't have sleepless nights. I don't have PTSD. Uh, but I've lost a vision in my eye. Uh, and I have this really cool scar that, you know, my girlfriend digs that runs across, you know, my forehead. Uh, but, she, but she constantly lives in pain. And, and, I, and I see that pain and I feel that pain every time that we go out anywhere. Uh, and, you know, uh, so yeah, it, it's tough because when we first started our relationship, that was what we, you, you know, something in common, right? We talked about, which was hiking, you know, going traveling and, and doing sports stuff. And, you know, I'm going to play, I'm a tennis player, I'm a golf player, and she's a golf player too. And we could play golf together still, but, you know, the, like just even just running, right? Uh, just being that physically active is now not possible. Uh, and, and so that's what the heartbreaking part is, yeah. We were pretty much, after our accident, uh, we were pretty much tied at the hip. So, um, yeah, it's, yeah, we've, obviously, we've, we're still, still together, still going strong, and, yeah, still think our jokes are both funny, so, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Today, our, my injury, and and I speak for myself, I see it as a, as a, you know, as much as it is, you lost a vision, you you have no vision in your left eye, I take advantage of it. I'd be, I'm a better golfer. It puts a new perspective on keeping your eye on the ball <laughs> i've actually improved my strokes and i just adapt to the situation uh, and uh to to make it the best that it, it can be <laughs> and i'm waiting for that day that i can beat him at golf it's gonna happen yeah. it's gonna happen <laughs> but <laughs> think it ruined our spirits at all and and I think it's a lot because we don't remember a lot of it too right other than like you said the physical and 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 the pain I mean of course I get grumpy sometimes because of my foot but then on the other hand I you know you always think well you know what it could be a lot worse 
I'm a very optimistic person. I'm always a half glass full guy. I always see the good in people first. What I do recognize if there was a change for me, it's just the little things don't bug me anymore. You know, oh, darn it, there's a red light. Oh, my day is horrible. It's ruined. Oh, they didn't make the right coffee for me. They, you know, or oh, they missed the French fries for my order. You know, the, the little things are now just, you know, the, the, no pun intended, they just wash away, <laughs> right? Uh, with, with the rest of the mud that was in our mudslide. <laughs> Um, we both got tattoos, uh, remembering it. It's almost like a compass, uh, and it has north, south, east, west. On the west side and the east side, it has mountains on one side and the trees that were involved in that area uh, of the accident. At the top, uh, it gives the date. And at the bottom, we found the coordinates uh, for the mudslide, so we have that on the bottom of of the tattoo. So if you ever you want to know where this mudslide is, people are like, oh, well, where is it? Well, let me see your phone. So the Google coordinates, the date, and, and the mountains and the trees. The next year, we drove out to BC the same path. And we stopped at the mudslide. We flipped at the finger. And... We've driven there. The next year, Gabe had his kids there, showed them. This year, I was able to bring my youngest son and showed him. And the realization of the magnitude of the size of it, I think to them, they didn't know until they actually seen it. And it, it's still there. Like, the cleanup is all done and everything, but all the rocks, everything, like there's nothing growing back there. And yeah, it's still there. So we go back out there every year just to say hello and goodbye. Like, yeah, you didn't get us. We got you. Sherry Nimagears and Gabe Rusescu. That doc was produced by Kristen Nelson. It was mixed with me, AC Rowe. Special thanks to Dan Anderson for providing his cell phone recording of the rescue. Sherry sent us photos of the strip of highway they were caught on. Massive trees toppled like twigs on a ski hill-sized sheet of mud. You can see those on our website. We're at cbc.ca slash docproject. That's all for us this week. The Doc Project is produced by Kristen Nelson, Joan Weber, Allison Cook, Sherry Okeke, Tanara McLean, and me. Althea Manassin is our digital producer. Our senior producer is Jennifer Warren. I'm AC Rowe. Thanks for listening. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.